Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so delighted today to be joined by the wonderful Sarah Goldberg to talk all about the HBO series Barry. And I wanted to start by talking about, you know, Sally's trajectory as an as an actor, because there's so many different directions that that could have taken in the show. It could have been someone who's really trying to figure out who they are as an artist, find their voice, find their talent. You know, and you you came in at this really interesting space where it was like very clear that that Sally was talented, had a lot of emotion that she could throw into different scenes, different roles when she got to the right place and then you've really been able to take that and explore you know what's going on externally and how that influences the work within the show in those scenes um and I was interested in in the conversations early on where you were really figuring out with the rest of the team you know what type of actor is she so that you could then figure out what the performances within a performance would look like in the show because they're so much a part of it for you yeah well it's a great question and it really is one of the first things we talked about as soon as I got the job and it was a big question you know, is she a good actress? And we decided pretty quickly that she sort of has to be, otherwise the joke will run thin after a couple of episodes. So, and we never wanted to kind of send her up, you know, and like Waiting for Guffman is one of my all time favorite movies, but tonally, you know, this is not that. So we, we, we really were thoughtful about, okay, she has to have some raw talent um that maybe lives in the place of just pushing too hard wanting it too much um not being able to totally see herself so we tried to push for wrong emotion but maybe misplaced or misjudged or over the top or she's always wanting to have an accent in a scene that's not totally necessary you know that kind of thing was where we were at with season one And then we did try to push her into a place of, okay, you know, this person who does suffer from Springfield of narcissism um, is, you know, getting into her uh, more creative side and trying to find her artistic voice. So that was fun to explore, but ultimately the, the fun of Sally is that she's not the most evolved human. And so we would push that so far and then kind of boomerang back to her, um, sort of myopic ambition um, and bring her more into the commerce place of where commerce meets art. And that's where we are in season three. And her dreams are coming true and she has her own show, but she's kind of becoming more detached from her art in a strange way. Like there's that long shot we got to do in episode one that was so much fun to shoot. And, you know, for me, I couldn't feel it when I was in it, but watching it back, it's so kind of, um alarming when she's watching the most traumatic moment of her past uh, where a stunt double is being strangled on a table and she's like yeah it looks great and she's completely detached from her own her own experience um in the in the name of making sure this show works and um and I was really interested in that you know what happens when you commodify your trauma you know where does it leave you um, so that was kind of interesting to explore. I also think that the scenes where you're performing as Sally acting in a performance are just, you know, it's it's something that's very meta. There's a comedic element to it in the show, but it's also something that 
is such an impressive skill set because it's not just giving a performance of what the lines are saying, it's giving a performance and going through all the depth of where is Sally emotionally, what's happening to her externally right now that's going to carry into this moment. What is she going to hold on to in that performance? What is she able to let go of? And then also all of that, and you don't have the contextualization of, of the full scene, the full production. It's, you know, here's three or four lines to give us an idea of what she's working on. And essentially with Sally also being someone who's so dedicated to her craft and puts so much time and work in, you also have to represent that. So when you get those scenes within the show, how do you kind of go into those in, in a different way from the rest of the time where you're playing Sally straight, but you're playing Sally as a performer and everything that that means? Well, it, that's such a good question. And I think Sally is someone who's in performance of her life all of the time, right? And she she's often not dropping down into her own life or, or you know, able to have any kind of self-awareness. And sometimes it is through her work that we see that veneer drop. And that's what we tried to go for in season one, for example, when we did Macbeth. And it's like the one moment that she actually sort of drops into an honest state of living is on stage. And she's so thrown by Barry's emotional response or emotional output that her response is genuine, which surprises even her. So yeah, we do, they are, it is, each one we sort of approach differently depending on where she's at in the story. This season, um, in terms of her show within the show, I think, yeah, we see very little of it, but we, we, shot, we improvised a lot of it, which was endless fun. Um, but we, I think the goal there was kind of more seeing her as a showrunner and how she's behaving behind the scenes and the scene, the scenes where she's acting in her own show, she's almost got this like um, pragmatism where she's just got to get through this bit because there's something else to do over there. And um, so that's kind of where we were at with her performance within the performance this season. But that's always been, that's always been a fun thing to navigate. And, you know, how bad do I make her acting in order that I can make it better within that, you know, it's, it's fun stuff to mess around with and it is very meta and um, yeah, it was, yeah. Season two, I suppose when we were doing stuff that was more about her past, I think we were using those scenes in order to articulate her emotional inner life in a way that she wasn't able to do in her actual life. Say when Sam showed up her ex-husband um, her abusive ex-husband, you know, when she sat down with him in person, she was unable to articulate anything that she was really feeling. And so that was all thrown into her work, which I think is not uncommon among some actors. So, you know, that was kind of a fun thing to, to pepper into the writing. And with that trajectory this season, with getting to watch her for those episodes as a showrunner and who she becomes in that space, it's so great because it's, it's that idea that that kind of adulation, that opportunity and that position of power just heightens all of the aspects of her. So when she's in a meeting with, you know, bosses from the network, there's this like desperation to please. And then when she's with Natalie, played by Darcy Carden, you know, she's exerting her power over someone who she was literally in class with a few months ago. And so how much were you looking at a lot of the external forces around her in a different way and, and how that was really going to heighten and allow you to push those elements of her personality even further in those sorts of directions? Well, you're taking words right out of my mouth and I'm so glad that's what you picked up on because that's what I was so interested in exploring. And I thought here we've had this character for two seasons who's actually been kind of an underdog in a way. 
And now she's got a little bit of power and I'm just endlessly curious with what, you know, pe what people do with power. And I wanted to, I was actually trying to rob stuff from Matthew McFadden's brilliant performance in Succession. Cause I, Tom on Succession is like my favorite character on TV right now, because he's, you feel so much for him. You feel his, all of his vulnerabilities and he's so bullied and you really care about him. But whenever he gets a little whiff of power, he becomes the bully himself. And I think Sally's the same way. And I, I thought a lot about, okay, what's this, what would this woman do with a bit of power? Is she going to become a better person? Is she going to become the leader that she wishes she had? Or is she, are those darker parts of herself going to be amplified? And the latter was obviously more fun to play with. So that's where we took her. But it's what you said, she exists in a pecking order and she does have enough awareness in order to behave different in different ways to different people. So she is desperate to please her boss and she is almost monosyllabic in her meetings with her superiors. And then she turns and, you know, with Natalie and Darcy's just so brilliant and so funny, um, you know, and, and with Jesse Hodges, who's one of my best pals who plays Sally's agent, who they have a more sort of like leveled, balanced dynamic. That's like, I'd say Lindsay or agent is the person that Sally's most herself kind of around. Um, but with, with Natalie, she suddenly becomes this, kind of accidental bully like she's not it's not calculated cruelty like in her mind she thinks she's got Natalie a great job and you know she thinks she's giving her a compliment by saying you know how great it is that she cuts up those you know apples and those tiny little bites or carrots you know and so we tried to play with that and that um you know I think seeing those parts of Sally amplified is cringeworthy in a in a fun way and we, we really wanted to mess around with that I don't think she's suddenly undergone a ton of therapy in time for her big show running experience <laughs> become a better version of herself. I think all the demons are coming right up to the surface. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of humor that comes from what you were just saying, where with Natalie, you know, her perspective is I got you a great job. And she even is like, I'm lifting up, you know, there's no point in doing this if you're not lifting up other women and bringing them along. And that's why I've hired you as my assistant to treat you in this way. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing about Sally, even when there's narcissistic behavior, the intention and, and where she thinks it's coming from is, is always from places like that. And it's always well-intentioned, even if it's misaligned. And has that been something that's been important to carry within her as a character and kind of always have the audience understand she means well, even if the execution isn't there because she just hasn't taken care of herself along the way. That's right. It's just a constant misfire. The intentions are not malicious. It's not calculated. It's just constant misfires. And, you know, this is a show about morally bankrupt people and Sally's no exemption there, you know, and I always, I, you know, there's been this pressure from the beginning around making her more likable or audience reactions to her. And I begged the guys from season one, you know, don't do that. You wrote a complex character and you Trojan horsed her in with the typical girlfriend part. And then actually you've added all these layers and let's not shy away from that. You know, I didn't want to become the moral barometer of the show just because I'm the female character. And you so often see that happen um, with female characters. And I feel like I wanted her to be as ugly as the male characters, but because I'm in a different storyline, you know, we had to find ways to figure out how to do that within the context of Sally's experience. And I think putting her in a more public realm this season and, and like you say, kind of amplifying where she's at really helped us in order to find those um, fun little moments of when her monster's really coming out. 
And I love how much you've always pushed for that with the character from the beginning, like you were just saying, because it is a show where she's alongside men who are killing and they're all like, I hope Barry's going to be okay. I hope he's going to be able to, you know, redeem himself. And then they're like, but Sally at the same time, you know, she's being a real narcissist in this scene right now. And, you know, this scene as well, this, this season as well, tonally felt like it was pushing even more into those darker spaces for all of the characters. And so where did you want to kind of continue pushing and, and taking those aspects of narcissism, but also always with that contextualization of the exploration of where it comes from for her to be able to play to those darker tones in season three? Yeah, well, my ch- I felt very, um, I wasn't surprised by that audience response to Sally and I in many ways welcomed it because I think the more we normalize so-called dislikable women on television, the more interesting writing is going to become for us. And I, I did say like, you know, if people don't like her, you know, let's make her a monster. Like I, I really, I really sort of took the challenge and thought, well, let's go further. And I, I, I felt like, what did I want to explore? I, I, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to see what this woman does when she gets what she wants. Does that, does that quiet something inside a person? Does that make you suddenly go, okay, I, I'm finding some satisfaction here and therefore I'm learning to be kinder to people or does it just make the appetite larger? And what I've seen often in the acting profession is the appetite can get larger. And I wanted, I wanted to push her there where, you know, she's having these moments that she should feel something. I think she's expecting to feel something that doesn't quite come. And we tried to push for that, even with her speech in four, which, you know, obviously she's having this incredible moment. Um, But we tried to play for beats in there where she's, utterly terrified like this isn't nothing the suit's not fitting nothing's feeling the way it's supposed to or um so I I was interested in that and where that pushes her and and is you know if you get this much success you know what do you want what's gonna you know is she gonna want more or is she gonna find some satisfaction and I think her appetite is sort of um it's bottomless so yeah we had fun with that And I'm so glad that you brought up that moment because it's such a great moment in terms of both character and the performance that you give in that moment. And, you know, you obviously had an audience of extras that you had the ability to really play for in the room. And so there is that beginning where you're getting genuine laughs and there's jokes that are landing. And then it just reaches this very uncomfortable space once she's having that private reaction become very public, you know, oh wait, I've always wanted to be seen as an artist, but I'm realizing now that I actually really do care about all these things I said I didn't care about. in yeah. front of a room full of strangers. Yeah. And um, I believe that Bill also was the one to be like, hold it as long as you can in these uncomfortable beats. And yeah. so in the in the, the few takes that you did of that, what were some of the different ways that you really played around with the uncomfortableness of silence and the different ability to push that? Well, we went for something completely different initially, to be honest. We went for this massive, um, very wordy speech that where she sort of loses the plot and becomes almost like a stand-up comic, rallying everyone and becomes really vulgar and aggressive and competitive. And we tried that and it was really fun. Um, But we thought from a character perspective, it didn't really work. And we actually ended up doing a reshoot on that um, speech. And I, we decided we needed to try it. Like this is her, unexpected Oscar moments, you know, and she's getting up there going, I've got, I've, 
I've got this, I'm in control. I know how I want to be seen. I'm going to say these words. And then in real time, this thing dawns on her, like you say, that is kind of her more um, animal side of like this thing that she's trying to put down, put away in herself that is, I'm an, you know, I'm an artist. I don't care what critics think. And she on some level means that and wants that to be true, but in real time in public, it does hit her um, that this thing she's always craved has happened. And so we, we had loads more written as well on the day for that version. And Bill just said, let's cut out all the middle text and just try one where you're alone in your room and you're having this moment completely quietly by yourself. And so we did it and we did have this room full of, you know, like 300 background artists. And I, I, I felt for them because they were feeling for me because they thought I'd forgotten all my lines. So they were really uncomfortable and I was really uncomfortable. And, and then they, we just let it go and we let it go and we let it go. And I thought well, this will never make the cut. I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Um, but actually it was right for what Sally was going through. And, um, and you know, we, we wanted to see her have that realization in, in public. And, um, and then it moves into, I really wanted to explore, like, I'm just, endlessly fascinated by awards acceptance speeches and what happens to people in that moment and you know grown adults crying over a trophy so I wanted I watched a lot of like 1970s Oscar speeches and all this kind of thing and I wanted you know to try to go for this thing where the voice just gets higher and higher and higher and you know um the tears come and all of that and so we had fun with that as well and and that we we goofed around with sort of improvising that section of the speech. So it was it was a really fun thing to shoot and a real roller coaster. And um, and I hopefully we've done Sally some justice in 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 how she would be in that moment. And that's such a great moment in terms of what you were saying before about what happens to a person when they get everything that they've ever wanted. And she has that moment. And then in episode five it's all taken away. You know, the show gets canceled and we get to see who is she when she feels like she had everything, she deserved it. She put the time in, she put the work in and now it's suddenly no longer there. And she's kind of going back to scratch of what does this mean for me? And I love the way that, you know, having previously seen her in meetings with like the network's bosses, that she was very self self-pleasing and kind of like trying to adulate herself towards them. And then all of a sudden the narcissism comes out there as well. And so how did you want to completely flip the switch on her once everything's pulled from underneath her? Well, I I was delighted with the writing that that's the way it went. And um, I really, what I wanted was pure desperation. I mean, desperation. I mean, for her in that giant boardroom meeting, it's like, she, this is the worst thing anyone could ever say to her. And she loses for once her performance of self. And she is just a raw wound is what I was going for. Um, desperate, desperate, desperate. And she knows, and on some level, you know, and, and Jesse plays Lindsay, she's trying to get me to calm down, not to burn any bridges here. Um, and I mean, Elizabeth Perkins, like we were so lucky to get her. She was so good. I mean, we could barely get through those scenes because (laughs) she was so funny. Um, she was so funny. I mean, there were so many outtakes of improvised things that she did that were beyond, um, and the status she had and held in that room. 
We were also delighted to have her on set. That was her first day working actually. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to show Sally, we're seeing her, she's unraveling, you know, and that was, this is the first stage of unravel. No spoilers. <laughs> And it's it's also in line with with her breaking up with Barry. So she went from having a show, having a relationship that she perceived to be great. And I love the way that you've always described the relationship between Sally and Barry is imperfectly perfect. You know, he's too in love with her to realize that she's completely narcissistic and she's too kind of narcissistic to realize that he's off killing people or wait, something's up. He's he's covering something up. Something else is going on, even though it's fair that she doesn't realize exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I thought that was interesting as well, because you have that moment where Elsie Fisher's character is points out to her, like, actually he's behaving in this way and it's not so not okay. And Sally goes through all that processing, but not necessarily on screen. You know, we see the moment yeah. where she comes to him and it's the confrontation with Barry of you took me to a place I never wanted to go back to, and I'm not going to do that again. Um, and so for you, what was that time and space in between those scenes in everything that she was going through and processing before that breakup with Barry? Yeah. I mean, the transition is quick on screen, but I think, I think what was going on for Sally in the episodes leading up to that, or that was that she's having this trauma response, right? Like she's back in an abusive cycle and she's totally unable to recognize it. And um, we actually tried a version where she was much more apologetic about Barry, but we realized in doing that, we were making her too knowing and that it was more interesting if she's sort of having this animal response of just repeated patterns of behavior. And um, so, but on a subconscious level, I think one, two, and three, well, really from two, and she's, she understands on some level that something's supremely wrong here. And I think that's kind of brewing underneath the surface. And um, I thought it was a brilliant piece of writing that it takes sort of the youngest, greenest person in the room to be the one to see everything with clarity. And Elsie Fisher is just so brilliant. And we were so lucky to have her and she did such a great job you know, that when, when Elsie Fisher's character says that to Sally, it's like the thing she knows is right there, but she can't see herself. And suddenly this young woman who she sees as her protege kind of throws cold water in her face and she's able to see it so clearly, you know, and I think she snaps out of the kind of trance that she was in. And that's why she's able to pivot so quickly that's kind of the generous read. I'd say there's also another part of Sally that's like, she's had this massive career high and she's always kept Barry around because he feeds her ego. He makes her feel like a star. And that night, you know, for her, she is a star. And so she doesn't need this crutch anymore. And the two things happening in tandem, I think allow her to just go, you know what, I'm done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a half hour show. There's a lot to fit in. If we had another half hour, <laughs> it would have been nice to see that in between scene. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, I, think, um, I think the pivot was already just there right underneath the sur- surface, you know. And I think you really beautifully play to, to that trajectory for her as well that you were just talking about of 
the fact that she is repeating certain cycles for herself. You know, we we saw that through a lot of the dialogue around her relationship with Sam in the last season and the admission of I didn't push back you know, I was there for him. And that's what she's doing for Barry in the moment where she's putting out a beer and food for him and on the phone apologizing. And he doesn't even have the wherewithal to apologize in return, even if he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Um, And what, what were a lot of those beats for you where you really wanted to find just like those quiet moments of, well, this is something that's from her past and this is why she's responding in this way in any particular moment. Yeah, it's funny because everybody always asks about the big scene in episode two where he yells at me and they're like, was that hard to do? And honestly, it really wasn't because Bill just really went for it and I just reacted to it in the way I thought she would. And I wanted a kind of incongruous reaction. Like she's not having the right response Mm -hmm. to what's happening because she goes into a kind of fight or flight. So hence the laughter and the sort of inappropriate, she's not matching what he's bringing, which I which was what I wanted to try. The scene I thought was harder to play was the was that phone call you're referencing where, you know, suddenly she is on, um, re, you know, on repeat on loop in her life and she's putting out spaghetti and the beer and bought him a gift and desperate to please and desperate to make sure he, he's not gonna leave her and he's not mad at her. And, and back in that apology cycle that we tried to hit on in um, season two, what can happen in abusive relationships, And that scene was harder to play where I thought, you know, this is really nuanced stuff and we are in our comedy. And, you know, I just tried to find um, that kind of fight or flight flutter of somebody desperate to hold on to this person despite what's happening. Uh, And initially Bill had blocked that scene that I was sitting and tucked in by the coffee table and, I got on set and was like, no, 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 you know, she's, she needs to be pacing. She needs to be moving. She like the anxiety is, you know, peak for her in that moment. And so we found a way to, to, to shoot it in a different way where um, we wanted to explore what she's doing in her voice and what, who she is on the phone for him versus what we're seeing physically in her body are kind of at odds with each other. Um, Which I think is hopefully representing what's going on internally for her. And, um, you know, the, the most fun was in episode five. Um, geez, I think it's episode five, I hope I'm right. Um, where, um, where, you know, for the first time, Barry is showing his true colors a little bit to her about what he might be able to do for her to help her out when her show gets canceled. And it's the first time he's showing her a piece of himself, honestly, accident, you know, without, with sort of um, intention. In, in episode two, when he yells at her, it's impulsive. But in episode five, it's calculated. And um, that was a really fun scene to play because there's a version of Sally that would go, oh my God, do it. And yes, and it was fun to see, you know, what we were going for was like this thing dawning on her of, oh my God, like, who are you? who are you, you know, and we haven't, Sally's never slowed down enough or put herself aside enough to look at him and go, who are you? I mean, she doesn't see Barry at all. That's why it works, but she starts to see him around then. It's actually, I think even after the breakup (laughs) and, and that, that was fun stuff to play, you know, and to see that subtle transition in that she's actually absorbing what's going on around her. 
Yeah, no, that, that's a that's a great kind of shift for her character wise again. And and in working with with Bill as well as a scene partner throughout this show, you know, I love that it always sounds like such a, a collaborative environment in terms of like everybody gets that chance to bring forth ideas. And also that for the two of you specifically, so much of it is about finessing things in the rehearsal, talking through scenes, figuring out details so that when you shoot something, you can kind of throw it all away and just and just be in the moment yeah. with character. Was that something that right when you started on the show, the two of you found together very very early on or where did that that dynamic kind of build and grow from yeah I think that that dynamic developed pretty early because Bill does like to work in a group and he comes from sketch comedy so it's always best idea wins and I remember even season one you know they called for all my input on the pilot and and then we got the first four scripts and then Bill would call us all individually and say you know I need your pass and I was like my past. I mean, I don't know. I think it's great. Um, you know, so we, that kind of, it was encouraged from the beginning to pipe up if things didn't feel right, or if you had a better idea, or if this isn't how you thought the character would react in any certain scenario. So we, that was, you know, an early, um, thing that was set for all of us, which was really rare and really lovely. And, and I think encouraged everyone to bring their best work and their best ideas to the show um as we've gone on you know it's been seven years since I was hired to play this part no one ever thought it would take seven years to get three seasons out but anyway here we are so you know we all know each other really well it's a well-oiled machine and that's a lovely thing you know because people can feel creative freedom we can try things out nobody's afraid to fall flat on their face you can just say that was a bit shit. Let's do it again. You know, and that's really liberating. It doesn't always feel like that. I mean, for me, it gave me a lot of confidence as a writer. I felt like, okay, here's these two guys. Cause Alec Berg is the same way, very collaborative and they're asking for my opinion. So, you know, Alec wrote on Seinfeld for God's sake. So, so, you know, and then he's going, what do you think about this line? You know, it really helped me grow as a writer and I, I love that they're collaborative in that way and that they know they're men writing a female character. We also have brilliant women in the writer's room who bring so much of Sally to life as well. Um, the whole interview episode was Emma Berry and all that stuff was hilarious. And, you know, um, they, they're sort of there to help sculpt her and keep her real and three-dimensional. Um, so I, you know, I, I've lost thread of the original question, but yes, Bill, working with Bill, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a luxury job in that way. I feel like I'm able to always pipe up. I have um, a lot of input on Sally's arc, on Sally's lines, and, um, and that's been really uh, a wonderful gift for me and a real growth spurt as an artist. And I think Bill and I, when we started, we worked very differently. You know, he'd throw anything at a scene. And I, coming from theater, was like, you know, well, the sentence is this, and I rehearsed it in this cadence, and I need to give you my opening night performance. So I think over the years, the way he works has really loosened me up, where I'm not afraid anymore to get on set and throw spaghetti at the wall. But equally, I'm there to remind him to learn his lines because we do need to get the scene out. And I think sometimes he's got so many other jobs on this show, he forgets to actually look at his script. 
So, you know, we'll then rehearse and uh, I will test him on his lines. Um, so, you know, we're, we bring, we, I think we met somewhere in the middle and we have a really great working dynamic in that way. And we both also like to work really freely. Like I, neither of us are method. If it's a heavy scene, nobody's going to corners with their headphones on. We like to keep things light and fun and funny so that all our energy is really saved for the take. And I, I really respond to that kind of atmosphere. So that's that's been really helpful over the years as well, especially, you know, as the only female series regular in a comedy, I'm, I end up being the one with all the crying scenes. <laughs> I never thought I'd cry so much in a comedy, but hey-ho, every app it seems. And, you know, so it helps me, you know, that if I, even though I'm having to handle some of the heavy moments in the show, that the atmosphere is light and buoyant. That's that's how I like to work. I mean, and lastly, because, because it is a comedy, but it's such a specific tone and there's such a complexity because there's the comedy that's on the surface. There's kind of like jokes that land in the moment. And there's also this real undercurrent of things that as you watch them unfold, you're, you know, are just very entertaining and humoristic when you step back from them as well. So there's those different layers that you're all playing to. And, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about that. There's kind of a necessity that it's not playing to the joke. It's about playing yeah. to the earnestness of the character, the motivation of the, of the character. Um, and so what was that, that discovery process for you when you started working on the show and you were looking at the comedy within the scripts and in, in finding that place that it needed to come from? I think that, yeah, tonally, I mean, the tone was there from the first draft of the pilot, the tone was so specific and strong and, um, could hear her you know I felt like I could hear the rhythms I could hear what they were trying to do and I, I think that the ticket then was uh, yeah not um, pushing the accelerator down too hard with nerves or excitement on the day and keeping it um, keeping it committed you know with all the characters you kind of it's it's a fine balance and you have to kind of overcommit because they're all their desires are so strong and their what they want is so specific and larger than anything else so they they all we all have to kind of double down but equally keep it in the realm of kind of like you're playing just a really straight drama in order to let the comedy sing the rhythms of the jokes are often already in place so you just can't throw sauce on it or it kind of falls flat you know, and we workshop stuff like we get around the table and we try out jokes and we everybody pipes up and and sometimes we improv jokes and and um, now that we know the characters so well and uh, so but I think I think the ticket is always kind of playing it straight, which can be challenging, especially when we've all got the giggles, you know. Um, Bill's a terrible one for corpsing, breaking when we're when we're on set, and so you know, keeping it kind of grounded as we go is is kind of the challenge. I, mean, I, lo I love hearing all of these details of everything that goes into the different styles and approaches of scenes because it's such it's such a great performance and it, there's so many complexities that you bring forth throughout it and it's always such a joy watching every new episode. So thank you so much, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for all the thoughtful questions. It's been lovely talking to you. <laughs>